Today's scripture is from Deuteronomy, chapter 34, verses 1 through 12. Moses has died and is buried in the land of Moab. Then Moses went up from the plains of Moab to Mount Nebo, to the top of Pisgah, which is opposite Jericho. And the Lord showed him the whole land, Gilead as far as Dan, all Nephtali, the land of Ephraim and Manasseh, all the land of Judah as far as the western sea, the Negev and the plain, that is the valley of Jericho, the city of palm trees as far as Zor. The Lord said to him, This is the land of which I swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, saying, I will give it to your descendants. I have let you see it with your eyes, but you shall not cross over there. Then Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab at the Lord's command. He was buried in the valley in the land of Moab, opposite Beth Peor, but no one knows his burial place to this day. Moses was 120 years old when he died. His sight was unimpaired, and his vigor had not abated. The Israelites wept for Moses in the plains of Moab 30 days. Then the period of mourning for Moses was ended. Joshua, son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid his hands on him. And the Israelites obeyed him, doing as the Lord had commanded Moses. Never since has there arisen a prophet in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. He was unequaled for all the signs and wonders that the Lord sent him to perform in the land of Egypt against Pharaoh and all his servants and his entire land, and for all the mighty deeds and all the terrifying displays of power that Moses performed in the sight of all Israel. This is the word of God for the people of God. Lord, we always thank you for your word, but let the thanks of our hearts be to hear, to listen, and to obey. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Today is Reformation Sunday, the day when the church celebrates the history and the heritage that we claim as God's people. It is a profound day, but so very few churches actually celebrate it, actually recognize it. I I was looking for just the right quote to describe what this day is about. And something Reinhold Niebuhr said quite a while ago came to mind. He said, nothing worth doing can be accomplished in one lifetime. Nothing worth doing can be accomplished in one lifetime. Think of the think of those things in your life that you would 
put high on the list of what's important. The church? Well, it's taken 2,000 years so far and God's still working on us. Family? Think of all those family stories that have to come together, that have to be there for you to know who you are in that family, what you're a part of. My goodness, Sharon's about to have three babies. They're starting fresh. They're blank tab tablets when they come out. They have to hear these stories. It has to go to the next generation for family to truly continue to be that family. How about values that we cherish? How long do you think it's going to take for mutual respect? to be felt between all people. For a spirit of unity to pervade our world. For our relationships to grow beyond what they are now. Nothing worth doing can be accomplished in one lifetime. Look at Nora, my goodness. Her parents are totally dedicated to what she can bring to the world. Aren't you mom and dad? Most parents are. They want to see their best work. Filling the life of their child. Wanting something better, something more. And it takes more than one generation. Today we recognize and we rejoice in the marvels of God that God has been blessing us with for generation to generation. Blessing us with unlikely marvels. In fact, the story of Moses is all we need to hear to know that we serve the God of the unlikely. When Moses was born, God's people were slaves in Egypt. But these slaves were becoming too numerous. They were having three at a time too, Sharon. They were growing too strong. So the Egyptian ruler, Pharaoh, laid down a new law. For all newborn children, spare the girls, drown the boys. No male child should have survived these years. It was highly unlikely. But Moses was spared. Our God of the unlikely was at work. Moses was placed in a basket in the bulrushes of the river Nile to protect him. And who was it who found him? And who rescued him? No one less than Pharaoh's daughter, 
herself. You can feel it. The God of the unlikely is moving throughout this story. Pharaoh's daughter takes Moses home to mom and dad. Can I keep him? Unlikely. He is raised in Pharaoh's court. Unlikely. They find a woman to feed Moses and to tempt him and to be his nursemaid. Moses' own mom. Unlikely. God calls Moses to get in Pharaoh's face. God tells Moses to declare ten plagues upon the land. And an entire sea splits wide open, allowing God's people to escape across dry land. It just gets more unlikely than before. God's people wander the desert for 40 years, fed by ravens and manna dropping from the sky. And they drink water that flows from a rock. When was the last time you did that? Not one flowing over a rock, flowing from a rock. Unlikely. Unlikely, unlikely, unlikely. And get this, God's call to deliver God's people did not come until the third season of Moses' life. Y'all know what that means? First section, first season. Middle section, middle season. Second season. This part over here, Third season. It's like a timeline. And the God of the unlikely was still working in Moses' life. For far too long, all the denominations have been moaning about the graying of the church. Oh, where are the kids? Well, we got one. We got all, only one we need. She's great. Why would we need any more? But oh, we need young people. We need youth. Youth groups are shrinking or they're non-existent anymore. And we yearn for the days of yesteryear even though we know better. Because God is found in the present and waiting for us in the future. It's as if we think Christians are all stamped with some kind of expiration date, like a jug of milk, and should be discarded after a certain age. As Willard Scott constantly reminds us, Centenarians, by percentage, are the fastest growing segment of our population. You know, I, I, on my first Sunday at a new church, 
I was peeking through a crack in a door that led into the sanctuary. You know, what y'all may not understand is the first Sunday a preacher arrives is the only Sunday that preacher is going to see everybody in church at the same time. But everybody's there. They want to check out the new person. I got news for you. We want to check you out too. What has the bishop or God through the bishop, hopefully, gotten me into this time? Who are my people? What do they look like? What do they sound like? Well, I was, I was peeking through that door. If you had looked up, you would have seen a giant eyeball just looking. A man walked up behind me and said, looks like a bunch of Q-tips, doesn't it? And I kind of looked at him, he goes, you know, a bunch of fluffy white stuff on top. As one entering the Q-tip years of life, Moses speaks to me. During his youth, Moses lived as an Egyptian prince. He was waited on, he was served, he was pampered, he was privileged in Pharaoh's house. In midlife, Moses worked hard tending sheep, learning how to navigate a desert, and learning how to deal with stubborn animals that are prone to wander. He raised a family. He was an active part of an active community. Only in his third age, after he had learned all the skills he would require, did the Lord call Moses to his most active, productive service. Moses became a servant of the Lord unlike any the world has ever known. Only in his third age. You know, in his third age, Moses did not start winding down for retirement. He shifted into overdrive and sometimes into four-wheel drive. In his third age, Moses did not start slacking off so others could take over his work. You ever gotten in tired in church? Well, don't worry. Your service to God will only last until the day you die. Then you're off the hook. But not one second before then. Not one. It was then that Moses truly let God direct the course of his life. In his third age, Moses did not stay down and refuse to leave his community. He walked away from those responsibilities to fulfill God's responsibility. 
he took on new positions of leadership. You know, I'm looking forward to spending a whole lot of time of my Q-tip years with my grandson. I wonder what God's plans for me are. Moses got called to confront the very family that had rescued him and raised him and fed him and sheltered him, the very family that had loved him. It had to weigh heavy on Moses' heart. But Moses stayed utterly faithful to God. I want to tell you about Christy Kinsey. She was a rescue pilot in the Air Force and an accomplished athlete when she lost her right leg above the knee in a boating accident. Her recovery would require eight months of very difficult, very painful physical therapy. But after only nine weeks, Christy was selected to compete in the Department of Defense's Warrior Games. She won 11 medals. She is only the sixth amputee to regain pilot status with the Air Force. She has served as a foster mother to several children. She works with fellow amputees. She and her sister Jessica established, now you know she's got to have a sense of humor with the name of this organization, the One Leg Up on Life Foundation, which provides prosthetic limbs for amputees in impoverished countries. And she credits it all to her faith in God and to Matt Melancon, who told her the one thing that she needed to hear when she was in the hospital after her accident. Don't for one second long for who you were, but recklessly pursue what you can become. It was unlikely that a Hebrew boy would become a member of the Egyptian royal family. It is unlikely that a prince would become a shepherd, learning what it takes to lead an unruly flock. It is unlikely that an 80-year-old would inspire a nation of slaves and overcome a recalcitrant ruler. It was unlikely that millions of people would survive in a desert for 40 years. What are you facing that is unlikely? You heard the prayer request this morning. Did some of them sound unlikely to you? What illness are you facing? What surgery 
What is your family going through? What are your friends facing? Remind them as you remind yourself that we serve the God of the unlikely. And God is a master of it. Amen.